Coalfield and Company. That, I, I, there's something wrong with me. I start to crack up so much. It's watching cool. dogs flip out and run in place. Betty or Wilma? Wilma. What? Yeah. Oh, I know. Insane. You know I always go for the offbeat. If you get a text, that means we're not talking on the phone. <laughs> That's it. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go on a Tuesday. These shows are fun, man. There's been it's been crazy as football is back. Adam Hill is here as the company. We're rolling video right now. If you want to watch the beginning of the show, you can go up to uh, Twitter or Facebook or YouTube and check us out. Again, Adam Hill is the company. Uh, Ari is in our Finley. Toyota Studios. We got a bunch of breaking basketball news in the NBA. We barely got to all the moves in the National Basketball Association, but some big moves for the Lakers on the way. Uh, We'll get Raiders camp updates, injuries, and another retirement. And then uh, I think Adam was like half awake for Team USA last night. I was fully awake. So we got to break that game down as well because I was really into – USA and Spain and watching Ricky Rubio go freaking crazy. And my God, my God, the Brooklyn net, Kevin Durant. Oh, Lord, what a player. We already knew, but man, that was special. It's trending at three presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. All right, we come out of the gates real quick with a couple NBA hits. Uh, Lakers have added two more players today after adding four former Lakers yesterday Carmelo Anthony now in the fold. And so is Malik Monk. So talk about guys on the opposite end of the spectrum. Monk feels like he's been around forever. He really hasn't. He's 23 years old. I was and, 22. And Melo is 45, but can still shoot it. He's not 45. Uh, but the Lakers have added six players in the last day or so. So we'll get into that as uh, the beginning of the show moves along and also uh, later in the show. But today was a big day around the National Football League. I think it was everybody, right? Everybody goes pads on today. Uh, some teams were in the last couple of days because they started okay. earlier. So uh, Chargers yesterday put on the pads and then had to take them off like 10 minutes into practice. Oh, really? Somebody's like, Is, isn't it tomorrow? Ah! And I guess the, <laughs> the uh, Staley and the coaches looked around like, ah, get the pads off. They had to go back to the locker room. Come on, nerd. I know. Staley's one of the nerds versus the big galoots. Like, that's a that's a Dan Campbell mistake. Yeah. What? We're not putting on the pads on. All right. Damn it. That's not how he speaks. But just like, I just, no, I, 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 we just have to do a big guy voice, you know? Bite the knees. Right? Bite the, bite the, bite the knees. Put the pads on. Staley's supposed to be like a uh, thinking man and a uh, completely gaffed. All right, well, the pads are on. They've been in this uh, outside of like a, a couple teams, the Cowboys and the Steelers, who are playing Hall of Fame game on uh, Thursday. Most everyone's been at it about a week. And I feel like today was the breaking point. And and to the detriment, really badly, of one guy on the Panthers. Yeah. Uh, but we were hearing about training camp brawls at multiple spots, actually including the Lions. I'll have to pop that up. I saw one of the Lions reporters was saying guys were going at it. Was Campbell involved? Um, no one was biting knees. Throwing punches? Uh, let's see. Who was it? It was... Uh, I'll find it. Anyway, uh, Giants got into a big brawl today to the point where Daniel Jones, the quarterback, got pinned in a pile. And then Joe Judge, who all he does is scream and fight and scrap and claw, is like, stop screaming and fighting and scratching and clawing. 
and started yelling again. But it, it sounded like it was it, it got pretty ugly. Well, and it, mostly just because I think most most of the time coaches are okay with the brawl and they're like, okay, whatever, let it happen. It's just emotions. I like the competitiveness. That's how football coaches are. But yeah, when your quarterback is kind of on the ground pinned through a bunch of people at the bottom of a pile, uh, probably makes you a little bit nervous. Now, if I was the Giants, I'd be like, please get hurt. Uh, that'd be nice. We don't have to watch him play anymore. Uh, but yeah, I think it, when your starting quarterback in particular is stuck at the bottom of a pile, you're not going to be very happy with it. Judge apparently just kind of lit them up and then sent them off the field. Yes, <laughs> enough. Uh, Evan Ingram retaliated after a late hit to uh, running back Corey Clement. Then veteran Logan Ryan came in and freaking buried Ingram. And the uh, rest of the team all jumped in, including Daniel Jones. And by the end of it, it was uh, Kenny Wiggins, an offensive lineman, who was pulling Daniel Jones, the quarterback, out of the pile. Uh, Cl- uh, Corey Clement said, uh, hey, golly, I love it. Okay. <laughs> At the same time, we don't want to get our quarterback hurt. Um, Logan Ryan actually didn't didn't back down. He goes, uh, he said, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, Pay my punishments, but I don't regret anything I did out there. I was protecting my guys. So, okay. defense, offense, internally, it gets intense. It have, and, and I'm kind of surprised it hasn't happened with the Raiders yet. Uh, we thought it might yesterday. Uh, honestly, I mean, today, yeah, the pads are on. They're sitting hitting. We'll get into it. But yesterday, the pads weren't on yet. They only had helmets on. And today, they, only, they had shorts and shoulder pads. So, it's not full pads. But um, yesterday, they, they only had helmets, no pads at all. And there were some big hits. And I was like, okay, this is probably not the most appropriate time and place. Like, don't be hitting guys when you don't have pads on. And I thought for sure there was going to be a fight. There wasn't, especially when it's 108 degrees. Uh, you're already miserable and, and sweaty and hot. Thought there'd be a fight. There wasn't. And uh, again, today, nothing. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a different atmosphere when there's pads on. Panthers practice. It got real nasty. Oh, yeah. Apparently, there was a vicious hit. Do we have video of this? Does anyone dare post the video? I saw, like, a very far away video. I okay. can't really see much in it. Uh, but, yeah, it's a pretty brutal shot. Uh, Keith Kirkwood was taken off on a stretcher. Matt Rule, the coach, said he had some movement. Uh, he actually came back to the facility later on. He's got a concussion. But the hit was laid on by a defensive back, a safety, JT Ebay. Uh, who's been cut. He's been waived, and this was rule. Uh, I think before they made the decision to waive the kid, but you could see that he was annoyed. I'll I'll probably talk about this once, then I'm going to move on. Um, It's completely unacceptable to do something like that. So uh, there's things, bang, bang plays that happen, and, you know, guys will hit the ground, but you can't can't tee off on somebody. So that's not what we'll do. It's undisciplined by us, so it can't happen. So JT Ebay, a player out of both Rice and South Carolina, for now, Without a job, which sucks. And he said, you know, he did it on purpose. You know, he thought it was bang, bang, but whatever. I don't think it's the, it's the physicality either. I mean, I think you want to see guys popping each other and, and hitting and, um, you know, getting ready for a season. It That looked, again, I can't see the details of the hit from the video I was watching. Um, but it, it looked like it was more, like, dangerous where you could potentially hurt somebody. Because I, I don't think coaches, for the most part, get upset about a big hit. I, I'll say... And I won't say his name. I don't want to, I don't want to call him out. But there, there's a player on the Raiders that loves to hit in practice. And it's actually not somebody you might necessarily think of first. But he's just popping guys all the time. And you're looking around. We know Jonathan Abram from the past. Like, that's been an issue. But uh, there's another player. that, And I'm looking around like, man, this guy hits a lot during practice. But he's not, he's not like, causing injury. And he's not potentially hurting guys. He's just hitting guys really hard 
during practice, I think, to make an impression. And there's there's that fine line. And it seems like most of the guys in the Raiders, most of the guys in the NFL in general, kind of understand that line uh, of teammates and practice and everything else. And this one seemed to cross it. But you also understand, like, these are guys fighting and scra- scraping and clawing to try to make a team and try to make an impression. And, you, you know, you see a hit to be made and you make it. That's how you've been playing your whole life. So you understand how it happens. But you also have to you have you have to know that as professionals, you know a time and a place. Anything special going on at uh, Raiders camp today? Some of the uh, the old guys back? Yeah, alumni day. Um, we have a very distinctive line that we're not allowed to cross uh, from where we are in media, so I couldn't really walk over and see a whole bunch of them. Um, one guy that we know very well, uh, I kind of saw over there, and he yelled out. So I asked if I could cross the line for special permission to go talk to uh, our friend Curtis Terry, who was over there. Uh, but I saw, you know, some older guys like uh, Charlie Garner was there, which that's uh, a it's a blast from the past for sure. Uh, Donald Penn I saw over there, uh, but like I said, I couldn't really walk over to see most of the guys. Did the Raiders lose another player today to retirement? They did. Is that the third? Third in a week. What's going on? So who was it today? And this is, uh, you know, theoretic is one thing. Uh, he was a little deeper. A little deeper down on the running back chart. I mean, the, we're, the this most recent guy is a guy who had to play a lot last year. Yeah, and I don't necessarily think he was going to play a lot this year, but um, Sam Young, a veteran offensive tackle, actually a guy that wasn't really going to be back in the mix. Um, I think for the, you know, the second time out of three of these retirements, it's a guy that probably was very close to retiring and kind of got talked into coming back and, you know, providing some depth for the team. And you know, it, it turns out that uh, Sam Young, a week into training camp, decides to walk away. I haven't seen any statements from any of the guys that have uh, left. I'm trying to track those those guys down, of course. Uh, but Sam Young, again, I I think his plan was probably to not play. And I think the Raiders called said, hey, we got a really young offensive line. We need some depth. We need some experience. You should give it another shot. And he did. And, uh, and now he goes. So I, I think all three of these instances, um, going back, you know, for five days now, of three guys retiring all three individually are very very you know isolated and you just say okay yeah of course sam young makes a lot of sense he wasn't going to play they brought him back he's in training camp it's 108 degrees i'm sure he's like what am i doing i'm out theoretic kind of the same thing he had tried to retire last year according to john gruden and gruden talked him into coming back last season and then did it again this offseason said hey come on back um so i i think individually to say, oh, no big deal. But I think you do start to ask questions, and you know we're, we're asking those questions now of, okay, why have three guys decided to retire in five days? It's kind of weird. Even though, again, taken individually, there is nothing really to be read into it to just say, hey, look, you know, this guy makes sense that he would walk away and retire. But three in one week? Kind of weird. All right. We'll, uh, we'll get back to that in the 5 o'clock hour. Curtis Terry was just chiming in on our stream. And said, uh, don't forget forget about your boy, Bill Romanowski. Oh, he was there? <laughs> what does that mean? You didn't see him or he's not your boy? I knew he was there. Oh, okay. All right. And Curtis with the uh, the big appearance. Curtis, I think, was impressed that Romo was there. Okay. Yeah. Why wouldn't he be? All right, so we talk about retired players, uh, and I joke about the Lakers. Uh, I saw last night uh, one of the grand old – Dudes in the sports media love him. Gil Brandt, formerly, uh, you know, the Cowboys personnel guru. Gil's up there a little bit. Uh, he sent out a tweet last night joking, Lakers youth movement. 
LeBron, 36. Ariza, 36. Marcus All, 36. Dwight Howard, 35. Wayne Ellington, 33. Russell Westbrook, 32. Well, add Carmelo Anthony to the list, 37. And then they get a uh, little infusion of youth today with Marcus Monk. Uh, in total, they've now added Dwight Howard, Kent Bazemore, Wayne Ellington, Ariza, Mello, Monk. They've also got some undrafted free agents they signed. Maybe an Al Caruso replacement in Mac McClung. That's the most excited I am of any. <laughs> excited of all the guys. I love it. He is uh, he is a, he is a new Caruso. Yeah. Well, I, I like the Mello signing. Uh Mello last year in only twenty five minutes a game, averaged about thirteen points a game, shot forty percent from three, actually grabbed six point six rebounds. Uh most all of these guys outside of Howard and, and Westbrook. Uh, are 39% and higher from three. So that's what they needed. Listen, they're not going to get superstars to freaking fill in the blanks. You know, guys like DeMar DeRozan is not going to work for cheap. He yeah. just got $85 million today from the Bulls. So this is about what they could do. And so far, I, I think the pieces are pretty decent. Yeah, I mean, I don't love it. And I know I know that people don't think Westbrook works with uh, LeBron and, and AD. But I, I think... Westbrook has been waiting for this and wanting this for so long. I think he figures it out. He's such a good player that it works. And then you surround him with shooters. Carmelo actually was really good last year. He, I was surprised. He was really good. And, you know, you're just you're just adding, as you said, shooters, guys that can fill in a role. Because if those three stay healthy, you're going to have a really good team. You just need guys to defend and, th- and shoot threes. Yeah. And then I-, I thought a really big one that you didn't even mention – it's not a new signing, but to keep THT around, I thought he was going to get a big deal somewhere. Yeah. And he's just like, I'm good. I'm going to stay. That's another young guy. Yeah, I'm going to stay and, and be a part that's of this right. mix. And I think he's he's an infusion of athleticism and talent that's going to be that's going to work out. The NBA is a lot tougher than the Olympics. But in a way, what they're building is they've got, you know, two extreme downhill dudes in LeBron and Westbrook. And when they get downhill, sometimes they're going to need the option to kick it out. That's all Team USA is. When you watched last night, it was try to get to the middle of the lane and then kick it out. And after starting off 3 of 15 from 3, then they started hitting. And they wound up beating Spain 95 to 81. It was not easy. They were down 9 in the first. They were down 7. Then they went a 14-4 run. They came out of the second half 20 to 6. They lengthened the lead. But I'm not doing this. I'm not having the argument. But I said it during the NBA Finals and right after when everyone's like, Greek freak, it's his league now. Kevin Durant's the best player in the world. He he just is. Last night was a perfect example because like those were a lot of those shots last night were contested shots, hand and face. Man, he hits from all different angles. His three point stroke is pure. He was ridiculous when they needed it. And the other thing was, I I loved his fire. You know, when he started hitting shots, he's like, "Come on, let's go!" And I thought that it spilled over to other guys and especially some of the younger guys because while Dame Lillard for a while couldn't hit crap, right? And I thought there were mixed results from the bigs. Like, you know, at times Bam was good. At times Dr. Dre was good. But Draymond Green at times I thought also lacked some effort on the offensive glass. I thought the energy of Jason Tatum in the fourth was freaking awesome. USA, USA. Yeah. And, and I think we should, we should point out the, the drive and kick mentality that, they in, that you uh, were referencing didn't really start until like late second quarter because early in the game, they were just chucking threes. Yep. That's why they weren't making them. too much one-on-one, yeah. not enough movement. Yeah. And they have so many guys who are, they're just comfortable going on the move. Uh, 
you know, Booker had his moments. I know you, you, you were criticizing him a little bit last night, but uh, Levine's that type of guy. They have a lot of guys who can get around people, and then all of a sudden, you know, and there were a lot. There were a lot of cases where when they really got rolling, they were passing five, six, seven times. Yeah, and I thought Booker's numbers looked great at the end of the game, but I, there was times where he just like he was hesitant with the ball. Like I just didn't like how he was playing. But yeah, there, there's there's a ton of talent on that team, and once they figured out, I mean, I think they already know, but once they started committing to you set up the threes by driving to the rim, making the defense commit to getting to the, to the paint and then kick out for the open shots. It was good. And, and I thought that the offense looked really good, especially in the third quarter. Uh, I thought that they, you know, yeah, struggled at times in the second quarter. What you said, Durant established himself the best player in the world. Uh, I'll make the case. Ricky Rubio is the best player in the world. Cause good Lord. What was that? Uh, that was insane. He's so good in international ball. Uh, but they figured out how to, how to make him, uh, slow down and that was by making him defend and they went they went after him every single time with with the ball to make him defend and then he was too worn out to play offense which is how they slowed him down in the second half so they figured a lot out and that's a lot of that is popovich that's coaching but um you know in the end you do have to make your shots no matter what all these other plans are like you've got to get open shots and make them like that's basketball and they they did that in the third quarter and they pulled away uh, we'll get back to all the NBA moves and judge who is the most improved team based on uh, actually what happened today. Again, it was a, a big day today. Is it the Heat? Is it the Bulls? Some like what the, the Knicks did. Uh, but we got to get you an update before we get back to the NBA on Mark andre Fleury. He has agreed to play for the Blackhawks, and I saw people kind of fanning those emotional flames yesterday by putting out videos of uh, math putting on the Blackhawks jersey. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. You're listening to Cofield and Company. Mark, what do you think when you look at this deal? Who do you think is the biggest li- on this list? I love what the Knicks did by committing to Nerlens Noel and Alex Burke. When you look, we, talk, we hear a lot of talking about you know, uh, Julius Randle and, and Derrick Rose. and But when you look at Alex Burke and what he was doing, he was making timely shots when it mattered the most. We'll get to what uh, Kendrick Perkins was telling Rachel Nichols in just a couple minutes about the Knicks and uh, of all the moves that they made, which uh, there were no big splashes. Again, that Alec Burks. Was the big move. All right. Okay. Uh, in Chicago, I'm sure they're really excited about Marc-Andre Fleury being added to the fold. Uh, I saw yesterday some of the local outlets making sure to post a video of Marc-Andre Fleury in the Chicago locker room trying on a Blackhawks jersey, you know, trying to elicit more emotion. And this goes back to last week where you weren't around much, but we went back and forth on – did VGK tell Marc-Andre Fleury the entire way where he might be headed, or was he freaking blindsided as his agent, Alan Walsh, suggested? And I was on the side of, based on what McCrimmon said, and I don't think he would lie about it, that Fleury may not have known on the uh, the morning, you know, like the exact moment he was traded, but he knew that it was a possibility. So for that agent to put that out there, I thought muddied the waters – and I thought it was a really crappy thing to do to the Golden Knights. I thought it was a crappy thing to do to McCrimmon. I thought it was a crappy thing to do to Bill Foley, the owner, especially since Foley afterwards is like, I'm not happy about this. So he's on Flurry's side. Like, I don't get it. I, I don't I don't get it. And it's a long line of bull crap. 
that that agent played. And here's the thing. Almost no one saw McCrimmon's words. Everyone saw the agent sure. saying that the Knights are basically suggesting the Knights are a crap franchise and they mistreated Flurry. They can't get that back. Well, it was it was spread around by many people without attribution and just said it like it was fact. And then people ran with it. I saw people tweeting yesterday mm-hmm. on like the photo of Mark Andre Flurry in Chicago. Oh, it would have been nice if the Golden Knights told him he was going to be traded. A week later, after it's been cleared up, like, the other side of the story was told, but very few people know, and that's it. It's set in stone. Yeah, and I, I think even further, I think the Golden Knights are being very careful to not tell the whole side of the story. Like, they, they don't want it. They're trying not to throw. I, I think what they would love to do is throw Alan Walsh under the bus without throwing Marc-Andre Fleury under the bus. But they're they're not going to do that. Like, as much as they are all about business and they have shown that they're about winning in business and not your emotions, which they should be as a team, you as a fan should be very happy that they care more about winning in business than they do about how you feel. You should like that. But I get it. People want to, you know, see things with their emotions and everything. That's fine. Uh, but this is this is just where they are. You, you can believe what you want to believe. But there is, in my mind, less than a 0% chance hmm. that Flurry didn't know he was going to be traded. And he knew that the Blackhawks were a handful of teams that were asking. I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure because I think that there was a lot of logistical reasons they couldn't tell him okay. when and where he was going. I thought McCrimmon said he looped him in on all the teams that had asked. Yeah, I, but I think that they couldn't be specific and say, "Well, this is one of the one or two teams or whatever," uh, because they they wanted to make sure that the trade was able to go through. They didn't want games being played behind the scenes to block it. And, and I'll, which is I'll, legit. I'm I'm saying without right. saying it, they didn't want Alan Walsh to know. Right. Where Flurry was going, so that Alan Walsh could go and be like, "Hey, he's not going to come here. Don't trade for him. Don't make this deal. He's not going to come." Right. Like they didn't want those games being played, so they told him, "You're being traded. You're going to be traded, but we can't tell you the specifics because we don't trust your agent." That's what this was. So don't get these twisted things about, "Oh, they treated him bad. They didn't do this." Yeah, this is again. You said, "Well, the the agent, you know." doing something like this to the team and making them look bad. He put out a meme with the coach stabbing his player in the back during the playoffs. He does not care about the team. And by the way, shouldn't care about the team. He should care about his clients. And that's it. His job is not to care about winning. As an agent, his job is to care about his clients. The team's job is to put the best team on the ice, not care about your feelings. Like, And I get all of those things are are part of the bigger picture. But everybody's working for themselves and for their clients and on behalf of them. So that's why these things happen. Interesting. Uh, what exactly – well, give me a couple things. What What's going on? What happened with Jack Eichel? With the Golden Knights? No. What this? Did you see this whole long message they sent out last week? And is he basically untradeable at this point? I mean, essentially. All right. It's not, well, whoever – you're – you're you're acquiring a mess is what you're doing. All right. If you want to get them. Kraken, Brubauer, already trying to break rules. Dirtbags. <laughs> yeah. What happened? They they screwed up the contract. Yeah, they just they tried to front load it because they had a bunch of salary cap room this year. So they tried to pay him a lot more this year and get the money out of the way. Uh, and then less down the road, but it really it kind of violated the uh, rules that are put in place. It's a twenty five percent threshold of salary reduction, so they had to they just had to go redo the deal, essentially. They they were trying to get away with just paying them all the money up front. 
All right. I don't trust him already. <laughs> well, I, I'm sure the, the Golden Knights were on. We're, we're playing some games with the captain. The light the Golden Knights don't do that. Uh, the Lightning of the West already coming into the league trying to circumvent rules. As they should. They should try to find Un- every loophole. Unbe- unbelievable. Yeah. Very much. The Knights were playing with, like, 12 guys last year. <laughs> like, if anybody was playing games, it was them. On the way back, we got to get to uh, what the uh, Knicks did. A lot of people like what the Knicks did. I think it's kind of silly. And uh, the Bulls make a big splash today. Uh, listen, they may not have a lot of shooting, but that's another downhill team that's going to put a lot of pressure on the opposition. And, yeah, they've added freaking Alex Caruso, but more importantly, Lonzo Ball. And today, Chicago gets DeMar DeRozan. The phone lines are open. Join the conversation on Cofield and Company now by calling 702-364-1100 or tweet us at Cofield and Co. In 98, we're playing the Utah Jazz. The first quarter ends. Luke has 12 points, four blocks, and four rebounds. And I go to Luke, I say, that's how you can play, man. You do that, we dominate. We are by 16 at the end of the game. Luke had 12 points, four rebounds, and four blocks. We're winning by 16, we lose by 15. And I just looked at Luke and I said, you know what, Luke? That is the last time I'm going to give you a compliment in the middle of the game. (laughs) (laughs) You like that? You think? That was uh, Michael Jordan talking about Luke Longley, that he was having a hell of a game after the first quarter, and he's like, good job. And then he got nothing the rest of the way, and they got blown off the floor, and MJ's like, no more compliments. Are you a anti or pro compliment guy? I don't really know. Do you have to give? Do you want? Do you want to give coworkers? Do you want to give subordinates at Lotus a pat on the back every once in a while, or do you think it makes them soft? I mean, I think it does make you kind of. I think you. Some people need to hear them, and it it like reinforces that they're doing, that they're doing well. But I think the point of this is. Once you tell someone you're doing well, they're like, oh, cool. I don't have to do anything. No, no, that's not the case. I'm good. No, I should, I, want, I should want to go kick ass for the next three quarters because MJ said he was happy. Well, he's, on, already, he's already happy. By the way, I think the grudge was held because uh, you notice Longley was no piece of that documentary. Who? <laughs> you think when they were talking, they're like, yeah, we have some good good film on uh, Luke Longley and some, some funny stuff. No. I'm nope. Good. That compliment. Pass. He screwed me for three quarters. Yeah. We lost. I mean, I'm sure he kept it in the back of his mind. For- All right, I'm going to be very careful here. I'll do it. Boy, our promotions department is doing a great job. I don't know. Yep, I know I'm setting this up. Oh, you got to go to lvsportsnetwork.com. It's lvsportsnetwork.com. We have good giveaways up there all the time, and we want to point this one out. Um, this is a chance from ESPN Las Vegas and Best Mattress for one lucky listener to – Get their choice of a brand new king or queen size Tempur-Pedic Pro Adapt flat set. Betting is not cheap. Oh, no, it's not at all. This thing's worth up to forty-one hundred dollars. You could also win, or you may win, uh, fifteen hundred dollars uh, cold hard cash. And all you got to do to uh, to uh, get into it is go to lvsportsnetwork.com. You click on the summer chill sweepstakes banner and follow the prompts. You chill all day, chill all night. Definitely my words. Uh, with the Great prize from Best Mattress, where you get the best service and selection. 23 locations in Nevada and Utah. Chill out, bro, on a new mattress. It's open to residents 18 or older. LVSportsNetwork.com. Get in. LVSportsNetwork.com. It's our uh, best mattress giveaway. Can I win? You cannot. 
no one connected to Lotus Broadcasting can win. And uh, what's the point? You don't sleep. Why would why would we waste a nice mattress on? Maybe you? if I had a super nice bed. I'm sure your bed is fine. You and you probably football's here. You're not sleeping for the next seven months. So you probably, stop. probably eight months, whatever it is. If you're only going to sleep three hours a night, you pr- you probably should do it in a really good bed. I suppose. What's the most expensive uh, expensive bed you've purchased? The mattress. I don't know, like five hundred. Yeah, exactly. Never, never over a thousand bucks, right? No, definitely no. No. Okay. Uh, All right. But that's not to say those mattresses aren't worth a lot. We're just cheap. We're very cheap. Correct. All right. Free agency in the NBA. I, I don't know. What do you want to say? This is the, I'll say the 11th straight year and 20 of 21 that the Knicks have not signed a big free agent. And every year the narrative is the Mecca. We've got money. We're in it. The best, the best players in the world, best players in the NBA are going to come here and sign. It's been 20 years. You've hauled in Allen Houston and Amari Stoudemire. That's it. Well, Carmelo was a trade. I thought they got Evan Fournier. Go ahead and make the case that Evan Fournier is what they were talking about when they're like, we have all this cap space and all these outstanding players are available. Attracting the best in international talent. Stop. He's a great scorer. Yeah, 2001, Allen Houston, six-year, $100 million deal stolen from the Rockets. Stoudemire signed in trade. $100 million deal. Uh, remember, 2010, they were talking about some kind of combination coming to New York of LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, or Joe Johnson. 2015, similar scenario unfolded where they were looking for a, a glamour big man, which, as it turned out, good move on – really all three of these, but they didn't get, they got turned down by DeAndre Jordan, LaMarcus Aldridge, Greg Monroe. The next year, they actually got one of the meetings with Kevin Durant. He basically laughed them off. He didn't go there. So yes, Evan Fournier, I guess if Evan Fournier uh, gets into the NBA finals and is some kind of key player, I guess we could look back at this and go, see, they got one of the big guys, one of the, now, the really important free agents, but I will make they, the, they didn't. I will make the case that you're wrong. That they're better off no. That they've gotten a big-name player or that they're better off building it like this? That they're going to this year. Via trade? Well, the fact that the only maybe one of the only quote-unquote contending teams mm-hmm. that did worse is the Blazers? Yeah. So they're, the Knicks are the in faraway places where you can bet on this offshore. Uh, the Knicks are the favorite. I don't believe it, but the Knicks are the favorite to get either Bradley Beal at plus 150 or they're plus 125 to get Dame Lillard. So you think they're getting Lillard? Well, I would, I would make the case that Lillard said he wanted the Blazers to give him some help, and they didn't. And so the Knicks, by you know just, just doing nothing but allowing the Blazers to do even less, maybe put themselves in a position to say, all right, well, the Blazers didn't do anything to help you. Maybe we can go trade for you now. So maybe they get him. And that is a free agent signing. I mean, he's oh no, no, I just, I just said it. I mean, I mean, I, yeah. you know, I said Mello was a trade, but get, getting Mello, Mello agreed to go to the Knicks. He actually wanted to go to the Knicks. So really, they've gotten, they've gotten three guys in twenty years. When every year we hear about what a glamorous place it is to play, and every the most of that time, no one ever mentions the biggest factor as to why players don't go there. Do I have to do Dolan. it again? Say it again. It's Dolan, the owner. 
And Knicks fans just they they just fail to understand that who you work for matters. Well, I think the fans understand they don't like him. Well, then why do they keep coming back saying it's such an attractive place? It ain't. When you have a terrible owner, that's not an attractive place. They're just hoping New York outweighs. It doesn't outweighs the fact that we know it doesn't. He's there. It, it, well, actually, New York works in Brooklyn. Sure, but because I mean that that, that should have been the biggest wake up call. They got the Nets got Kyrie and KD. It's your owner. It's not even necessarily the city. New York got a super team. Just wasn't a match. Just wasn't Garden. the Knicks. Yeah. Uh, the Knicks were not the best team uh, so far in the offseason. I, I suppose if they get Lillard, they're out there, right? Um, Zach Lowe, NBA guy, likes the Heat. They now have a big three, according to this NBA expert. Jimmy Butler, Bam, and Kyle Lowry. Okay, I thought they were going to count Duncan Robinson, and I was like, no, no, no. No, no, no. (laughs) Duncan Robinson is a good get. It seems a little much, but he is an awesome three-point shooter. By the way, I don't know if you want to tell the story. I guess I'm forcing you to. Duncan Robinson's story is ridiculous. Just from out of absolutely nowhere? He was at, what, Division Two? That was three. And Michigan's like, yeah, we'll we'll roll the dice on the kid. Sure, we'll take him. Why not? Now he just signed a five-year, $90 million deal. Um You know, another guy who was highly touted, but you just think about his age. Trey Young's incredible. That's a $200 million deal. But Shea uh, Gildas-Alexander is another one. He's 23 years old. He's three years in the league. He was the 11th pick in the draft. Again, you can, right? You can get great players outside of the top 10. He just signed with OKC for five years and $172 million. Really cool. And Steph just signed his, what, second $200 million deal? I mean, it's when I see stuff like that, I'm like, I don't know, whatever the limit is, I guess, yeah. Give it to him. He looked like he can play until he's, you know, freaking 38, 39 years old. Uh, Heat or the Bulls? Or do you not like what the Bulls did? I mean, I feel like they're, I feel like they're getting like the same players. I mean, they got your guy Caruso. Well, I mean, he's a, he's a bench player. Is he? Yeah. He's a star. No, not now. Not, he's not a star on that team. They're, I mean, they're fine. I, I just, if you look around, and I, I don't think, you know, I, obviously with Lonzo, I think it's ridiculous to pay them that much money. That's the kind of thing a losing team does. Um, but I, I just feel like you look at them and you're like, hey, good job. Now you're going to win, you know, 42 games. Good work. Maybe that gets you in the playoffs. Well, it doesn't all come together in one year. I mean, their their team now has uh, uh, Vucevic, Vucevic, uh, whatever his name is, uh, Markinen. Patrick Williams, a young guy they got last year. DeRozan, Zach Levine, Alex Caruso, Lonzo Ball. Kobe White has a lot of potential. So, those are the building blocks. We'll see what Io DeSumo turns out to be. But it's not going to all turn around in one year. No, but I, I mean, when you sign, again, NBA contracts are, you know, we think of salary cap, and it's not really a salary cap, but um, they're committing to all these guys, and they're obviously going to have to commit long-term to the big stars they already had. And now all of a sudden, you're like, how much more can you do? It's not like you can go out and get two more star players. Like that's what. Yeah, but that's think, their, think about what you're saying. Now. You're you're right now. You're getting you're getting stuck on the fact that guys are signing eighty five million dollar deals, and Trey Young got two hundred, and Steph got like two fifteen. Like the eighty five million dollar guys are that's not even that much money in the that's NBA. True. That's true. But they're they're going to commit to their stars long term for those Steph Curry type deals. And then we don't, we don't know. We don't. Like we don't know that for sure. I don't know what kind of flexibility. I assume they, have. they are. But if they can get, if they can get uh, this team to, you know, 43, 44, 45 wins, then maybe there's someone else they can add down the road. So, I, I, to me, at least it, at least it gives Bulls fans a little bit of hope. Hope. 
Um, and they're not they're not getting old. And you know, in the forty five win range, well, I guess they they did sign some veterans. But Lonzo's obviously Lonzo is a building block that they hope works out. And you're right, he may maybe he gets a second contract with him. I hope he does. I hope it's not looked at as a complete flop. You don't like it? They're fine. It's just again, like you're to project forward. It's it's tough because you know. You think you know who the teams are going to be that are that are there at the end? Do we? I don't. I don't think we know in the East. I think the Bucks are good, not great. I think the Sixers have flaws. We don't know what the Sixers are going to be with with or without Ben Simmons. I mean, obviously, I'm a Nets fan. I really like the team, but I mean, get through a whole season and make and come playoff time, will this will the three guys be available? Are the, are the Boston Boston is you know in a little bit of a transition period here. I don't know if they're going to make a big move or not. Can the Bulls? What I'm saying is. I like what they're doing. They're making fine moves. They're 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 good, but can they beat any of those top four teams? Possibly, but they'd have to beat multiple. If I'd asked you last year, will the Hawks make real waves in the Eastern Conference? What would you have said? Of course not. You would have laughed yeah, at me. We not. were la- we were laughing during the season when there was some sin- gambling syndicate bouncing around town betting them for the title. Well, and it, and it was funny. They didn't win, they didn't win the title. Well, but. <laughs> Funny is like getting blown out in the first round of the playoffs. Like they actually did make a run. It isn't a bunch and they, of and they, and they are now looked at as a team that, with some more maturity and some more tweaking, maybe could challenge for the East title. Yeah, and and in the Bulls' case, all you got to do is make the playoffs and hope for injuries other places. And you, know, you can make right. That's what, That's what happened. That's what happened this year. But but you, but you have no chance if you know if just Zach Levine and you know Laurie Markin are your players. Right. But can can the Bulls beat the Heat? Sure. But now you've got to beat like two or three of those teams. To By make. the way, I didn't mention the Heat. God, you you are like glad you are always glass half empty on teams trying to build. I know. Go all in. Or Isn't not that it? the fun of the NBA that it was really balanced this year? And maybe it's going to be balanced moving forward. That there is no never balanced. super team. That, it was this year. It was balanced because of injury. Uh, again, yeah, I mean, if you're going to play that game, like let's just put a team together. And and it let, wasn't. That let's wasn't hope the a only bunch reason. of guys get hurt. That wasn't the only reason. It was balanced. Kind of was. All right, we're 20 minutes away from uh, getting back to the NFL. We'll get to another team in our uh, Cofield and Company power rankings. The Jets are up today as they are number 26 in the power rankings. The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today. Stick around. More of Cofield and Company is on the way. You're still talking. You're still talking. I am because I'm not done with my train of thought. Can Sweetie, you pause? Let me tell you Can something. You let pause. me tell you something. I've been Diamond. talking this whole time. You have been trying to. I've been time. trying to talk, and every time you've been cutting me short. Go ahead, Amber. You don't want no trouble. I got a neck for the flare with a real hustle. Live a life without a deal. Oh. Oh. Boy, I am sad for you. One, you don't have internet. I don't know what's going on there. Two, football is here, so all of your TV viewing is gone, unless it's when you're traveling and you're not traveling yet. You are missing good stuff. Those that, things are also related, by the way, because I can't. All my TVs are internet based. Yeah, so I can't watch. TV I figured that's why I said it. You you can't watch TV right now. What a nightmare! It sucks. Love is Blind is back, sort of. They did three episodes before they do a real season two. Oh, that's what it is. I yeah. know there's three new episodes. They did I three new episodes, it. and they're teasing ahead to a season two. Okay. Uh, you want to explain Love is Blind to people? Uh, I mean, perhaps one of the greatest shows ever made on television. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> It was the uh, the pandemic hit right after Tiger King. So everybody was into Tiger King, and then everybody, everybody got into Love is Blind. Uh, one of my favorite shows ever. Essentially, 
a bunch of singles. Uh, the men were living together. Women were living together. They would have dates between each other without ever seeing each other. They couldn't see each other because they were in pods. Right. So, so they'd be in these rooms talking to each other. That's all they could do is talk to each other. They had no idea what the other one looked like. So they'd have hours and hours and hours of conversations over a couple of weeks and then had to decide who to propose to without ever seeing them. <laughs> they Eventually, they did release them to the wild and they all intermingled, right? That was the second half. So the first five episodes were like getting some of the right. couples decided to get married. Right. And then they would live in an apartment or first they went on a honeymoon period like to Mexico at the resort. Uh, and then they moved into apartments together to like actually live their lives and see if they could continue this uh, courtship of each other while also living together. And I think and like, like, I think like six of them made it to the altar and did two or three on the altar go, you know, will you take this? No. Yeah. Backed out. And one said yes. And then the other one said no, I have, which was awesome. awesome. It was great. <laughs> uh, was so awesome. I have not watched this yet. I'm just trying to think just based on Instagram. I believe only two couples are still together. Ooh, I don't know. I don't have the count in my head. I feel like it was three, but you might you might be right, it's two. That that conversation was actually between an Amber. Amber who's with the Barnett yeah, guy. Amber and Barnett are still together. They they live in Atlanta. They go to a lot of Braves games. Yes. Okay. So you're following these people on Instagram. Yes, which, of course which, I am. Which by the way is hilarious because they make multiple references to like the pressure they have because of the media. And the SO and I are looking at each other like, wait, is this being covered? Like I don't I'm, <laughs> I haven't followed up on the show at all. Uh, that was Amber, Diamond, and LC. Well, Diamond, and, poor Diamond, got engaged to by a guy that certainly was not interested in her. Well, he told her he was bisexual at the yes. end. Yes. Uh, yeah. And I won't say what happened when they met up oh, boy. in this one. Oh, and then LC uh, is a lady who made a run at multiple guys and got snubbed yeah. by a bunch. Uh, and then... Lauren and Cameron are still together. I'll just say she followed up with one of the guys off the show. And it didn't work out, oh and she feels like she got scorned. That's all I'm saying. Mm. Okay. But it's good. Man. It's a good show. There's what? a lot of a lot of a lot of characters, um, very unlikable, and sure. led by there's a weird older lady. This is like two years later, um, and she kind of doesn't fit. Not I'm not ripping on her age because I'm old, but uh, Messica Jessica, who uh, she's back as well. Is she, but at least I actually feel bad for her. I don't think she's I think as bad some, I think as something uh... screwed up. Uh, the other one who's uh, I think uh, Kelly is her name who is I feel like the worst of the bunch I think I, really? I think she's like 10 years older than she says she was a little bodybuilder right yeah okay she's on it too she's on okay. the uh, reunion she's awful I uh, like her okay uh, I, I mean I hate her Instagram is that I still, is... still follow um, fo- <laughs> of course I do <laughs> I had no idea you were following <laughs> these people on Instagram of course, of course I am uh, I don't oh know how God. I don't know how Cameron and Lauren don't have a TV show yet I'm sure they're going to. Yeah, that's a that's a cool couple. Well, they, I think they seem normal. She comes from a TV family. Yep. And he's like a weird, like rapping scientist white dude. He's great. They might make you uncomfortable. They seem very happy not to ruin the. No, they are. I, I believe me. I follow them on Instagram. I know. I had no idea you, you love the show that much. Oh yeah. Oh wow. This is going to be the talk of Raiders camp with uh, some other media members. Can you I get can't. players on this? Probably not. No, I don't think so. And I can't. I also. It's tough. There's certain shows that are talked about every day in in the at Raiders training camp. This is not one of them. Media or players? Well, you can't get near can't, the players. Can't get near players. So right what's now. the what's the big media show or shows? Well, it's still Cobra Cop. Okay, still obsessed mm. every day. No below deck, huh? No. No, nobody talks about that. You're missing out. <laughs> You're missing out big time. I'm not into reality shows, Steve. Well, we'll get into your drama, your real life drama. 
just I just broke down an I, entire show. I, I can't. Dog park drama. That's coming up a little later on. 